welcome to Tell Me About X, Meaningful Conversations About X by X. Today, I am super excited to welcome our next guest onto the show, Vivian Bang. She is the owner and founder of Lei Musubi. Vivian, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here. I know we've had conversations about your founding of the company, and I have also tried the product as well. To start off, if you want to share how your friends and community would describe you, that would be great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I will say that this question is a bit of a challenging question for me personally, um, mainly because I grew up in a very strict traditional Korean household where praise wasn't necessarily given for my achievements. So for an example, when, you know, you got a good test score or you're proud of a project that you had completed, a lot of the times whenever I would show that to my parents, the types of feedback that I would get is that you could have done better. So growing up with that kind of mindset, it's taught me to be, I guess, more so in like competition with myself and not focus on what others thought about me. So I guess my mind would always steer towards like, how can I improve in myself in different areas, but also what could I do better the next time around? Um, but to circle back, I feel like when people think about me, they may think of me as someone that brings people together. So I have different friend groups and that have so many different personalities. But when I'm lucky enough to have them in one room for like birthdays or special events or something like that, I notice that I'm able to create a safe space for my friends and followers, anyone in my life to make them feel comfortable. But it's definitely been a journey to learn to accept compliments. And that's still something that I'm working on. One of the biggest compliments that I've ever received from a friend was that I was like Karamo Brown, who is a producer and actor, most known for a show called Queer Eye. Yeah. Um, so he's part of the Fab Five, and they've touched many lives of many individuals, as some may know. But Karamo himself, I feel like he's always helping embrace people's like true selves. So like getting down to the nitty gritty and like talking about the deeper conversations. That's someone that I definitely look up to and uh, value. So I think that's what my friends and community would describe me as. Well, one, thank you so much for sharing that context behind thinking about this question and how maybe you would have answered it differently when you were younger to today. From our initial first conversation when we were just getting to know each other too, feeling really comfortable speaking with you and having candid conversations is something that I felt even virtually too. I first found out about Le Musubi when I was at Union Market and I read a little bit about the founding of the company from the website and a couple articles. And I saw that your mom has been a huge inspiration for starting the company and also that the DC metro area didn't have any places that really offered musubi. Can you tell me about how you decided to really fill this gap? And for folks who maybe aren't familiar with musubi, what is it? Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with musubis, it's a delicious snack that's composed of a block of rice with a furikake, which is rice seasoning that consists of black and white sesame seeds and nori flakes and a little bit of sea salt. And then it's topped off with Hawaiian caramelized spam and wrapped around with nori. But Lay Masubi's take on it is very different. I would say it's like your souped up version. 
So if like an Onibi and like a Musubi had a baby, our product is what you would get. It's filled with umami goodness, packed with an abundance of flavor and a tsunami of texture. And for myself, I am really onto texture when it comes to food. I'm a huge foodie myself, but ours is more of a triangular shape. And where it gets its, its texture is that we actually place that mold on a griddle. So we make the rice nice and crispy with a little bit of sesame oil, which adds like a delicious aroma and taste to it. And it's also made with locally sourced ingredients. I made my recreated version of my favorite childhood snack for my boyfriend then and now husband. And when he took that first bite, I still remember till this day, he was like, what are you going to do about this? <laughs> That's when I hosted get togethers with friends and I wanted to hear like their feedback and it was really great feedback. So I tested it out at a local food hall called The Block in Annandale. And I had some chef friends that came out and supported as well as like my cousins and friends. And during that time, I was actually make molding the rice balls per order. So you can only imagine how long it took me. So there was a two hour long wait. But in addition to that, it took two hours to get the food itself because I was molding it per order. It was it was a wonderful turnout. And I think that day was the deciding factor of when I wanted to start my business. Oh my gosh. I love what you said about texture because when I first bit into it, that's something immediately that kind of <laughs> marked my mind. And it's so delicious. I did eat before this conversation, but I was salivating as you were literally. <laughs> so good and I feel like I'd eat so many. And the reaction that your then boyfriend, now husband had of just, what are you going to do with this? I know you mentioned you're a foodie and I have a couple of friends who are foodies. I don't know if I would describe myself as a foodie, but one friend looks at the top 50 restaurants and bars in the world and wants to focus on that. Another one is focused on Michelin star restaurants only. Others are focused on just like hole in the wall places you potentially couldn't even find on Yelp or TripAdvisor. Is there a lens through which you're super excited about food as a foodie? Yeah, I think I would be geared more towards the third. Um, and it's finding those hole in the wall spots, because when you find those spots, you're actually directly connected with the chefs and the person that's behind making this product. So you have a deeper connection. And as mentioned from the first question, like I love having those deep conversations because that is a huge gateway into getting to know somebody on a personal level, which is something that I always admire. Yeah, it's something that I really admire as well. And also those authentic experiences. You mentioned some of the inspiration behind founding the business and your take on Musubi was the snack that your mom would make for you. And I do want to ask what your experience was sharing about the business with family as well. My parents didn't really understand what I was trying to do at that time. And maybe it was a bit apprehensive. They thought I was just having fun with it, which essentially I was. But at the same time, I took it very seriously because I knew I wanted to make a business out of it. During the early stages, I will say it was a lot of support from myself and like telling myself that I'm going to get through this. But I've also been lucky and fortunate enough to have my friends and my husband and also my aunt and cousins. Yes. Yeah. I love that you turned it into a business and you really had a supportive community of friends and partner and also yourself too, just really manifesting what you would like out of the business. 
since there wasn't a lot of places or there weren't any places in the D.C. area that were offering musubi, do you feel like there was a lot of education around that or did people just naturally gravitate towards it from the pictures and just like the marketing behind it too? That's a great question. I absolutely feel like there definitely was an educational element to musubis mainly because there weren't that many places that offered musubis. So it gave me an opportunity to share what musubis are. I also think that you can learn how some people were raised in different cultures with with the different types of flavors that we offer. So for an example, like in our OG and the OG vegan, which is our two most popular musubis, we incorporate kimchi. And it's house-made kimchi, and that's actually a part of the Korean culture. And it's really big. And for those that are unfamiliar with kimchi, it's like pickled cabbage or fermented cabbage. And it could be spicy or it could even be sweet if you look at like pickles. So there's like dill pickles and there's bread and butter pickles. So something like that. And then we also incorporate like Japanese chicken curry flavor. Crazy Mexi Elote is probably one of our most creative flavors that we offer. And we source our sweet corn from a local farm. And that goes in the inside of the rice ball itself. And that's the one that's coated with hot Cheetos on the outside. Oh my God, hot Cheetos. Yes, it's so creative. And this is your take on musubi. I mean, you talked about the inspiration behind it. And musubi is traditionally a Hawaiian snack as well. How did you really come to the naming of Lei Musubi? I would say the naming of Lei Musubi didn't take too long. There was one thing that I definitely knew I wanted to include, and it was the word musubi because it's the product that I'm selling. But the lay part of it is the reason why I came up with that was because when you go to Hawaii, you're always welcomed with a lay. And I've always wanted to create that type of culture in my business where everybody is welcome to try this food and learn about it. Yeah, creating that feeling of welcomeness and invitingness too, and how you're always welcomed into that space, which speaks to the first question around how people would describe you too, and really, I don't know, translating that through the business and the product and really the overall experience. Hot shows, edible flowers that I think are locally sourced from DC. Where do you get the inspiration for adding these different kinds of ingredients into musubis? I guess. Honestly, it's weird how every question connects, but I would say the same way I am with people. I love learning about other people's crafts. I would say it's the same way I am with people since I love learning about their crafts and what they're passionate about and where we source the edible flowers and microgreens. It's from a farm called Little Wild Things, and it's an urban farm right off of H Street. But I've been working with them since I had started my business. It all started with, I guess, like the appearance of how a musubi would look when it's garnished, but the taste of it and everything just paired up really nicely. So I kept that original ingredient of when I started with sourcing my little micro microgreens from Little Wild Things. And then Hot Cheetos, I'm a huge foodie, as mentioned previously. So I love trying and challenging myself by using like unique ingredients that you wouldn't normally use because who would think hot Cheetos would go well with rice, right? But it somehow complements each other very well. Maybe it's because of the texture 
but also the hot Cheetos that goes on the outside, it's dusted. So it's very fine where you can get a taste into each bite. Like when you take a bite in into the rice balls, if that makes any sense. So you get like the spiciness to it, but the slightly sour, but like tangy taste from the kimchi and like the rice all put together. Again, sound absolutely delicious. (laughs) Right now, I feel like even when you're talking about the ingredients and, and the why behind them, you lead with intentionality and there's always a purpose behind the decisions you make of the different ingredients, flavors, why you started the business. I have a background in tech. So a lot of the founders and entrepreneurs that I have interacted with personally are in that world. And I think it's changing slowly but surely, but the picture of an entrepreneur founder in a white t-shirt of maybe a cis white man who went to an Ivy League school or dropped out and is funding his business through family and friends rounds is maybe what people think of when they think of tech founders or things like that. Is there a myth about being an entrepreneur and a founder of a business that you would like to break? I think I would say one common one is that success happens overnight or through a stroke of a luck. I don't know. But I think in reality, a business or a small business is challenging and often a long-term endeavor that requires a lot of your time and hard work resilience and like continuous learning. So I would say a lot of it is like through trial and error. And for my case, like through my, if I were to compare through like my early stages of my pop-up days, I was molding per order, which took a crazy amount of time. But the way that you prepare our rice balls, it actually takes a lot of attention and care into it as well. When you're cooking up the rice balls, you're not only cooking up one side, but you're cooking on both sides. So you're making sure that texture gets into the rice ball and makes it nice and crispy and warm and toasted. So that takes like that in itself takes five to six minutes. But then the assembly portion of it is where you get the attention to detail because we're putting the sauce on the outer triangular shapes of the rice balls and then seasoning it with furikake. And then adding whatever other toppings that's needed in the different options that we offer. And then it's wrapped around green tea, sea salted nori, and then drizzled with some sort of sauce that's paired well with it. So all that to say, the trial and error, it definitely was a big part of my business journey. I learned, I definitely learned things the hard way, but I don't think I would change a thing because now I know what it takes to operate this business. So if I'm able to teach someone and like were to hire a future team member, then I can do so in in a way where they're also understanding like the whole concept and the time. Mm-hmm. Understanding the concept, the time, the context and trial and error, testing and seeing what works, getting that feedback as well, and continuously iterating, nothing is set in the stone. I know you mentioned the pop-up events and the partnership you had with the locally sourced ingredients too. Is there an ideal partnership that, you know, a company that you really admire or an organization in the next few years, and it could be like an organization, person, event, or anything like that when you're looking into the crystal ball for the future? 
Yeah, I actually have a few. If we're talking organization, I would definitely love to partner up with No Kid Hungry because I believe that kids should have access to all types of food and it should definitely be nutritional and also educational too. So kids are learning about different types of foods. So that's one. And then I have two sheroes, like she heroes, and that's Sophia Amoroso. She's actually partly the reason how I took that huge leap into starting my business. I don't know if you know, like a little bit of background about her, but she pretty much started her clothing business called Nasty Gal. I think during the time that she was dropping out of college and she was also working at like a library or something, but she was selling like, I don't know why I'm brain farting on this word, but like thrifting her clothes or something? Yes. Thrifting her clothes. Yeah. So she would go and thrift clothes and pretty much sell it on eBay but she would design it herself and take pictures of herself in the type of clothes that she would like pick and choose from and then upload it up on eBay. And back then, I don't think many people knew about eBay. So when she was selling her clothes and she saw that she could like profit off of it, she was getting herself into something there. But I actually won a shopping spree with her back in 2014. And I met her in person and she signed her book too, which was really cool. But I think the limit from the shopping spree was like around 500 and she literally picked everything out of her store in Santa Monica and it was probably like $2,000 worth of clothes. And she was like, you're, you can keep all this. And I was like, this is insane. So even after meeting her too, like, I feel like she's a very driven and she's like a go-getter type of girl. So I really admired her for that. And then the second Shiro is Sarah Blakely. She's the owner and founder of Spanx and she started her business like selling. It wasn't really related to Spanx, but like she mm-hmm. got her business side of things while she was like selling fax machines, like door to door. I don't know if I would ever be able to do that, but I definitely <laughs> applaud her for that. And I was actually one of the recipients of the red backpack fund a few years ago. So that. Definitely helped me out during 2020 when Lama CV was actually closed because we couldn't sell or prepare rice balls on site at the farmer's markets. And that's when I had to pivot and transition into creating like a DIY kit so our customers can create and assemble their own rice balls in the comfort of their own home. But yeah, I would say those are the three partnerships. I am excited for those future partnerships and I am manifesting them out there for you too. I think those are three great examples of people and also organizations that really align with your and Limbusubi's values. I'm always curious because I definitely feel like partnerships and thinking about the events with folks who have similar kind of missions and visions for the world at large are really exciting to watch, participate, and support in. I feel like When you are a business owner or you are in the sauce, you're thinking about the future and also keeping the lights on day to day. It can be hard to think about fulfilling moments or measures of success. When do you feel like really proud or in awe of everything that you have created? Is it seeing Limusubi's logo at the different events? Is it watching people take their first bite or anything like that? 
That's a really good question. I would say I honestly really enjoy being at markets and just being present and meeting my followers like in person. Yeah. It's really cool because a lot of them, act, I want to say like at least 85% of the customers that come by, they don't really know much about Musubis, let alone like our take on it. And it's really cool that I get to share my recreated version of my favorite childhood snack in the community that I live in. Like it's, I don't know, like it's that like meeting, meeting the customers, but also recently I celebrated my five years and congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And I did have some time to just sit back and reflect on how far I've come and all the wonderful people that I've met along the way including yourself. (laughs) And I don't know. I guess it's just that. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Absolutely. Being in person and also seeing people's reactions and understanding it's the first time or a handful of times that they're exposed to Musubi. And yeah, and seeing them come back to the markets or how we reconnected as well. Is there any feedback that you've gotten either virtually or at farmer's markets or at pop-up events that you remember from a first-time customer or person who was experiencing the brand or meeting you for the first time? There's a few that I have in mind, but and they're probably like my day one followers. They were the ones that put themselves out there and asked these questions too, which isn't always easy to do when you're just meeting a random person right off the bat. So that I definitely loved. But one thing is like when the day one followers would come and like order one, and then they would have to wait in like another 45 minute line to get the second. And then they would come back for a third. And I was like, is this really happening right now? Yeah. So that was a bit shocking for me, but that's happened like, almost at a lot of my foodie events. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Vivian, when was the last time you were in awe? The last time I was in awe. Would this be personally or for my business? It could be either or both. Okay. If we're talking about Le Masubi, it probably was during my five-year party. It was May 19th, but... We didn't schedule it until July. It was this past weekend. So July 22nd, I believe, is what Saturday was. Okay. But just seeing all these different friend groups, including some of my day one followers that I have befriended, just all in one room and just like taking it all in, I felt like that was like a big wow moment for me because... Not only are my friends meeting friends that I've made through Lama Subi, who who are my customers and like longtime supporters, I felt like that was like a big awe moment. And in our previous questions, I definitely didn't have that support from my parents. So having that kind of support from the community definitely meant like the world to me. I can't even like describe in words how much it meant to me, but that that definitely was like an awe moment. Having the group in the same room and seeing people five years later is absolutely incredible and a really special event to have. Yeah. 
Vivian, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to share with folks who are listening or any takeaways that you hope people bring with them after hearing our conversation? I would say get out of your comfort zone because this is exactly what I'm doing today. My very first podcast interview, I was definitely really nervous going into this, but Christina, I feel like you did an amazing job creating that safe space for me to want to open up. And yeah, it's like, whenever, when do you ever grow from comfort? It's always from discomfort, right? So that's how I go about my life. That's like my life motto. So I'm really happy that you created this platform and reached out to me. So I'm really thankful for that. Oh my God. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say. And also thank you for responding to my Instagram (laughs) and email. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to stop by Le Musubi and eat one, two, 10 more. (laughs) Vivian, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I did as well. And also my treat whenever you're in town. Oh my gosh, what a treat. That's awesome. (laughs) Have a good rest of your day, everyone. All of the information about Le Musubi will be in the show notes. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you.